Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Radical Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and as always, I am joined my co-host, Matt Llewellyn. Tonight, we're going to be breaking down, previewing, excuse me, the 49 and Commanders matchup this weekend. Uh, before I toss it over to Matt, if you're tuning in on Twitter, head over to youtube.com slash 49ers Hive. Join from there so we can see and interact with your comments. Matt, before we went on, first of all, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good, Zach. Um, got some projects done. Um, having a pretty good day, so can't complain, man. Ready for some football? It feels like it's been a long time since we talked or or even you know saw 49ers. Just a sweet, sweet long week after that victory against Seattle. So I'm ready to jump right back into it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, luckily, the 49ers played Thursday. They were able to rest the weekend. They have the long week ahead of the Commanders game. Um, but before we went on, you were just telling me, you know, you don't feel so good about this game. And and I agree with you, especially after, um, you know, Washington losing to New York uh, on Sunday night. That was a tough game. It's going to be a tough game. We were already saying this is arguably the toughest of the 49ers remaining games. What is it exactly about the commanders that makes you feel a little uneasy going into Sunday or Saturday? I mean, it's. it's- the number four defense in the NFL. So um, that in and of itself is something that's, that's to be concerning. So it's just, it feels to me like it's going to be a defensive slog. Um, Both sides are going to, you know, be going after the quarterback going to be taking playmakers out of the game. And it just feels to me that there is the kind of feeling that maybe the 49ers are going to let off the gas a little bit after that huge win against Seattle they shore up the division or whatever. Um, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan came out and said, man, if we were desperate, you know, there's a chance that Debo could play, but absolutely not in this situation. So like the situation says to me that, you know, maybe if, you know, a guy is dinged up or, or, you know, not, you know, I don't think McCaffrey's going to get 26 touches. Like I think some of our guys are going to get a little bit less work. And against a team like the Commanders, who are still in the playoff hunt, who have something to play for, that desperation will come across and could cost the 49ers if they come out and just are kind of let down because of, you know, the fact that they've already shorn up their division. I know that there's still a chance to catch Minnesota, but like at that point, being the two or the three at this point, I don't think matters a whole hell of a lot at this point. So they very well could just kind of, you know, take it easy this week. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, like you said, the Minnesota game was insane. I still can't believe they came back. Largest comeback in NFL history on Saturday against the Colts. Looked like the 49ers had the second seed in sight wrapped up or at least for temporary time being. Uh, but that's not the case. That's all right. Um, there was some pretty interesting news that came out yesterday. We're not going to spend too much time on this, but I just wanted to get your thoughts regarding Jalen Hurts. And there was a reporter, I don't know where exactly um, he's from, an ABC producer that was tweeting that he had the source that Jalen Hurts had a broken collarbone and he was done for the year, sent Twitter ablaze. A lot of people weren't sure. And then about 20, 30 minutes later, 
the rap sheets and the Schefters were coming out saying, no, it's not a broken collarbone. He just has a sprained throwing shoulder. And only this week, his status is in jeopardy. Um, how much do you think this actually does open up the number one seat as a possibility for the 49ers kicks? If the Eagles lose out and the Niners win out and the Vikings None. lose one. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I mean, I think it's wishful thinking. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think there's any chance whatsoever. To be honest. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is wishful thinking, but it, it was a huge story. And of course, it wasn't true. So, yeah, somebody kind of yeah. jumped the gun on that. It was kind of, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of dumb. But yeah, I mean, the Giants finished the season with the Cowboys, the Saints, and the Eagles. The, the, or I'm um, the Cowboys, Saints, and Giants, I should say. Um, the chance they lose all three of those is not likely so and again like i said this is a game that i think the 49ers are in huge danger of dropping um and then you know beyond that it's not just the 49ers and the eagles in play the minnesota vikings are also in play so they would need a a, a loss or two from the minnesota vikings if both things happened you would need minnesota to help you out too and just the the odds of all three of those things happening i think are slim and none and i think that the 49ers aren't really super concentrating on that because i don't think that they think it's likely either um so it's kind of an interesting story how somebody jumped the gun and said he broke a collarbone but um yeah you know it's one of those things where being first is isn't as important as being right and you know it would have been a huge blow to Philadelphia. And I still do think that there's something to the fact that, you know, he did sprain his throwing shoulder that could linger. So we don't know. Um, But to have that come out as it did was pretty unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, And obviously never wish injury on any player, but I mean, the 49ers are going in here with beat up as hell. Like, you know, if we could do it, any other team should be able to get through it as well. Um, but this Saturday, excuse me, yeah, it is Saturday, uh, Christmas Eve, they face, they host the Washington Commanders at home, um, Christmas Eve game. The Commanders are coming off of a tough loss. Um, I'm sure you've already seen it, but there was that, you know, second to last play of the game where Terry McLaurin lines up, the ref tells him, move up a little bit, he moves up a little bit, and then he still gets flagged for that. Um, there's obviously all these emotions going off because they lost this game in the way that they did. <clears throat> Excuse me. Does that carry over, in your opinion, into the next game to where they have that extra chip on their shoulder going up against a tough Niners team? They got that little extra oomph behind them. If they were a really good team, then I'd say chip on their shoulder. If they're not a really good team, then it's uh, languishing woe is me type attitude. So we'll see what happens. Um, I think that the commanders are better coached than to just fall flat, but I don't know. Um, you know, that Terry McLaurin incident was pretty unfortunate. Then there was also the blatant pass interference where the dude was like hugging McLaurin, you know, like just I essentially just wrapped him up before the ball even got there. So there was a ton of plays uh, missed by the referees. And, you know, that always sucks. But at the end of the day, you have to put that behind you and you have to get ready for your opponent. And this is a 49ers defense that will not take it easy on you. Um, if anything, I would expect the 49ers to kind of fall back on offense, right? Like hold out some of your key playmakers, things like that. But, you know, defensively, they're still going to come after you. And it doesn't matter if it's the first guy or the last guy. This team just hustles and swarms to the ball. Um, So if you're feeling sorry for yourself, it's going to be a rough day. Yeah, I agree. Um, A lot of people were saying, you know, oh, my God, like, you know, there goes Washington getting just ridiculously, you know, abused by the refs or whatever. And it's like, welcome to the NFL. Unfortunately, yes, that does happen. I mean, welcome to every part sport. Of the game. We just had this yeah, conversation the yeah. other day, like in every sport, basketball, baseball, football, hockey, soccer. It's just there's bad refs everywhere. It's just yeah. that's just part of it, you know? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, so right now, as it stands, the 49ers are in that three seed. They have clinched the division and the playoff spot. Um, Like I said, it looked like they were going to get that two seed Saturday, at least for the time being. But the Vikings stormed back from like a 30, 33 to nothing, you know, deficit or whatever the hell it was. Uh, Eagles, number one, Vikings, number two, Niners, number three, Buccaneers, number four with a six and eight record. Cowboys, number five, 10 and four. Uh, Giants, six after their win against Washington Sunday night. 
and then Washington number seven. Um, out of those two, just real quick before we get into this Washington game, the Giants or Washington, which would you rather face in that first round of the playoffs? Oh, the Giants for sure. Yeah. I don't believe in the Giants at all. Um, that just, you know, the commanders have a top five defense, and that's always hard to deal with in the playoffs. I mean, the Giants are kind of like a jack of all trades and really more like a nine of all trades. Um, they're not great at any one aspect of the game. They just seem to I, they just seem to hang around, man. Um, I think, you know, they're well coached. I think Daniel Jones has taken a, an incremental step forward, but it's nothing crazy. So um, to me, obviously having the veteran head coach that the commanders do and Ron Rivera um, with them, you know, really having a great defense that can swarm and get to the football and force turnovers. I mean, this, that's a team that I'm more worried about playing. Um, the Giants don't really do it for me, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, I agree. I know a lot of people um, thought that Brian Dable would come in and maybe turn Daniel Jones into a franchise quarterback. That doesn't really seem like it's the case. Maybe they can win a couple of games with him, but I would much rather host the New York Giants than the Washington Commanders. Tyler, Taylor Heineke's got that little bit of, I don't know, magical juice behind him. He's a bit, bit of a gamer, almost similar to uh, what we have with Brock Purdy going on to where it doesn't really make sense, but he's just getting it done. Um, and also they have a pretty, pretty nasty defensive line where the Giants, there's nothing that really scares me too much other than really good coaching. Um, so going into this weekend, the 49ers have the extra rest. Um, the Washington Commanders are coming off a Sunday night game. What are you looking forward to seeing most Saturday, Matt? I know you were talking about, you know, Christian McCaffrey's likely not going to get a bajillion carries like he did Thursday night. Does that mean maybe we see a little more Jordan Mason finally? I mean, it's possible. Um, but then see, but then there's also a part of me that's like, you know, when we were at the game and they were blowing out Tampa Bay, it took Kyle a long time to get those guys out of the game. So they very well could just go for the throat, right? It's not like they're playing for absolutely nothing. They are still playing for playoff positioning. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where I just don't know. <sighs> I don't know if they're going to necessarily uh, be able to play up to their fullest potential, given everything that's happened, right? Long week, a lot of celebration going on. Um, you are kind of in the back of your mind worried about saving your guys a little bit for the playoffs. What does that look like? And then you have a commander's team that, again, like you said, is a seventh seed right now. They're they're trying to hold on for dear life, Right. Um, it's unfortunate that a team like Tampa Bay gets to sit at the four seed with their record. That's just the way the division winners, you know, kind of get it because you're sitting there looking at the Cowboys who have a good record despite their loss to the Jaguars. Um, you're looking at the Giants and the Commanders are sitting there. And it's just it's one of those things where it's like this, these are good teams. And, you know, they're the Packers aren't necessarily out of it, even though they're having a hard time or whatever. Um, they, You know the commanders are trying to play for their playoff life. And if you don't come in sharp against those teams and you're, you know, worrying and looking to the future, that's when you get got, you know, we talk about the classic trap game and this is, this is what I worry about. So, you know, I would love to see Jordan Mason, but at the same time, I'd love to see them keep their foot on the gas and, and try to get the, you know, the best record possible and kind of keep the momentum going. The one thing that, you know, they've won, you know, a ton of games in a row. And the last thing that you want is to kind of kill that momentum because you're being passive. Um, I could see it both ways, but you know it, it it does worry me a little bit. Yeah, I agree, especially um, seeing now that the early uh, line for this game is the Niners favored by seven. That's a pretty big line uh, going into a game this late in the year, especially one that the Commanders need to have. Um, also, saw that Chase Young could possibly make his debut this week against the 49ers. That would be a huge kind of boost for them defensively um, on the flip side the 49ers earlier today opened Javon Kinlaw's practice window along with rookie Kalia, D Kalia Davis which would be huge I don't know whether we should expect him this week but hopefully by the end of the year um, what do they have 21 days to, to activate him? yeah they have uh, yeah 21 day window afterwards yeah. to to be brought back yeah. So that would be definitely huge for the 49ers, especially as they keep losing defensive tackles left and right or linemen in general left and right. Getting somebody as physically big as Javon Kinlaw back would be huge. Um, so 
that was just today. They they started his practice window. Um, I also saw Danny Gray. It's just going into the practice reports. Danny Gray, uh, Samuel Womack, full participation participants. Excuse me in practice. And on the flip side, Chase Young was limited. Danny Gray had that hamstring injury last week, and Samuel Womack has been dealing with that concussion. So hopefully, they're both able to play. Um, and if Chase Young does play, I'd imagine he'd be very limited. Is his first action back in over, I think, a year, right? So he hasn't played all season. So um, what are you looking forward to this week? I know you touched on the running game, but Brock Purdy came out of Thursday night. Kyle Shanahan said no further injuries. Would you expect them to maybe take it easy on him and not have a, a much throwing game, a strong throwing game, or kind of similar numbers to what we've seen in his three games so far? Yeah, I think it'll be a little more run centric, but you know, at the end of the day, your your game plan is your game plan. So you're going to kind of work with that. You're going to kind of continue doing what you're doing. I think it's going to be more of a personnel shift. I don't think Kyle is very good when he tries to deviate away from what he does the best. So if you can get out and you can run the ball, um, then that'd be great. Uh, you know, I think that either way, it's going to be tough sledding, and they're going to have to do a lot of things. At the same time, you also want to get Purdy reps. That way he can continue to grow and develop as a quarterback because you're going to need him for the rest of the season. And, you know, he does a lot of things really well. There are some things that he needs to work on. And again, like we said with Trey Lance at the beginning of the year, the best thing for these young quarterbacks is to get those reps, get in those situations, face the defense at full speed, and you can kind of grow and develop from there. So I'd like to see them kind of just status quo with the game plan. Just go about your business handle your business. And if you can play up to par, then it shouldn't be a problem for you. Yeah. Well, well said. Um, there was an injury update today uh, from Matt Mayoko. Um, and he was saying, uh, he talked to coach Shanahan and Shanahan said, "Quote: well, I think he's in a good spot. He's better right now than he was last week going into the game, but he's still going to be somewhat limited today. Um, and he was questionable going into last week's game, obviously with that oblique and rib injury. Um, but, the the biggest takeaway is that he didn't suffer any further injuries sent after that game. So that was good. Uh, they kept him relatively clean. I know he took a couple sacks, but for the most part, no big hits. Um, Tavares read a couple comments, says, Sup, fellas, my only problem with his defense is trying to stop mobile quarterbacks. We have not been great against them this season. Look at our losses this year. I feel like this has been a problem going back to the Robert Sala days where – Mobile quarterbacks have just always given this defense fits. Um, do you have any? I, I think we're looking at it in the wrong lens. Mobile quarterbacks are just a problem in general, aren't they? That's why yeah. That's why Justin Fields can't really throw the ball but still has 1,000 yards rushing. You know, that, that, It's why Lamar Jackson has been so effective for so long despite not having developed further as a passer since his MVP season. It's why Kyler Murray still gets play even though he's been erratic and you know before he tore his ACL. There's a reason why these quarterbacks are so good. It, it's just they're hard to deal with. A, a, a defense is not used to playing 11 on 11 football. And I know Kyle has talked about this before, too. It's why the Trey Lance, like, run the power up the middle stuff just didn't make sense to me. It's like you're taking the pass out of play. These mobile quarterbacks are the best when the defense doesn't know if it's run or pass, and then they have to defend both. And that's when you can get a guy in space. And we saw it with Purdy, too. Purdy has made a couple of nice plays with his legs. And I just think it's a problem for everybody. Again, this is our self-serving bias, right? We love this team. We watch this team. We scrutinize this team more than any others. I think we're just really hard on this team and their defense going like, man, we just don't handle mobile quarterbacks well. And it's like, well, who does? You know, they've been tearing up the league for a while now. This is nothing new. This is going back to, you know, why people like Cordell Stewart were so effective, why Randall Cunningham was so effective, why Michael Vick was so effective. This is just a wrinkle that is here to stay. And if you have that athleticism and you have enough in the throwing game, you can win and be really dominant with those type of quarterbacks. That's actually a really good point. Um, and, and to that point, the 49ers haven't really faced too many mobile quarterbacks this year. Obviously, they had, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Fields, Marcus Mariota a little bit. But for the most part, they have held their own. Um, it just comes in specific situations where they're able to pick up like a third and 15 with their legs or something crazy like that. But I do think if any defense is equipped to go up against a mobile quarterback, it's this with the speed of their linebackers, their safeties. Um, I think they're pretty well equipped to deal with that. Um can Purdy win Offensive Rookie of the Year? Is that possible? No, I don't think so. 
it's a cool it's a cool little thing but like you can't you can't justify it statistically at all yeah unfortunately maybe if you played half the season at least maybe but i mean already with three games he's leading all rookie quarterbacks which is let's be honest basically just kenny pickett in touchdown passes so uh just a cool little stat but nothing nothing too crazy um all right so going back to this game the 49ers basically shut out the seattle seahawks on the road i know they they let up 13 points whatever a touchdown two field goals um do you expect the washington offense to be able to to put up more against them this week, I know it's kind of tough to say just point-wise, but maybe just statistically, will they have more success than Geno and Tyler Lockett, in your opinion? I don't think so. They're they're a very mid-offense. Uh, you know, like Brian Robinson's good as a runner, but, you know, Taylor Heineke is just really middle of the road. Um, Terry McLaurin, while also good, it can be contained. He's not like a guy that's going to absolutely kill you every single down. Um, like, you know, a DK Metcalf or a Tyler Lockett could. I think that the 49ers have proven, you know, both in the Seattle game and in the Miami game, they're they're able to cover a lot of guys. Now, I will say in the Miami game that Tua was missing throws and, you know, Tyreek Hill did get loose for a long touchdown. Um, but, you know, I, I just think that, again, this defense is number one in all categories. I mean, a Brian Robinson coming out of the backfield, running the ball, it's just like, well, he's going to run into this defensive line. I, I just don't see what Washington does that a lot of the other teams that we've shut down or really held to a lower than average performance for that team, what Washington is going to do that those other teams couldn't do. So for me, it's this, if anything, this is like, this is a type of like, 17 13 sort of game right like a really low scoring get ready to see a lot of mitch wishnowski you know what i'm saying i don't know who the commander's punter is but get ready to see a lot of him too and i think it's just going to be one of those where they're just battling in between the four you know the the 20s and the 30 yard lines or whatever and, and not really scoring a ton of touchdowns and breaking big plays yeah yeah i i agree um looking at washington's season stats here um and and obviously takes the grain of salt, but they're averaging 18.9 points a game offensively and allowing 19.7 points per game uh, uh, defensively. So they're allowing more than they're scoring. 49ers on the flip side, they're averaging 24.1 points per game scored while allowing 15 points per game defensively. So even if they just go to their, their season average, the 49ers should be able to come out um, successfully with the win Saturday against the commanders. Taylor Heineke, for some reason, he does worry me a little bit. He's he's not elite in any one category, but he's he's just got that bit of a gamer to him. You know, he makes plays, and I think that's the reason why, even though Carson Wentz is healthy again, he's still keeping that starting job away from Carson Wentz because he's he's there's just something about him that you can't really factor you know you can't really put on paper he's just got that it factor and that's why he's still in the league to be honest i mean going back to when he got the starting gig going into the playoffs against tom brady a couple of years ago and almost outdueled him um he could just make these plays and, and terry mclaurin Jahan dotson they do have capable receivers i think this is going to be a bigger test for the four hour secondary maybe than i imagined a couple of weeks ago going into it I don't know if you feel the same way, but no, I don't. I don't believe in Taylor Heineke at all. He's he's got an 87.7 <laughs> quarterback rating, only a two to one touchdown interception ratio. Um, he's only completing 61 percent of his passes. This is the definition of just like middle of the road shit. And it's it's one thing when you're facing, you know, a, a New York Giants team that is not necessarily the best defense, a Cowboys team that does have some talent, but not necessarily the best. Right. Um, you know, other people that they've played on their schedule. Now you're going against the king. Now you're going against the king of the hill. And when defense player of the year, Nick Bosa is coming after you, like what, what are you going to do? Um, I, I just don't think that Taylor Heineke is going to be able to get comfortable. I think the uh, 49ers are going to keep him off balance. I know he's a gamer, but like, really that's to me, that's saying he punches above his weight and you know, when you're punching above your weight like Little Mac in in Punch Out, and you go up against Mike Tyson, 
you're going to get your ass knocked out. And I think that's what's going to happen with Taylor Heineke. Um, I think that the defense is going to make enough plays. We might even score a defensive touchdown. Um, we'll go through that when I come up with my defensive players of the week. But um, yeah, I, I just don't, I know, I know. I, and this is not, Hey, we all have our opinions, right? I'm not saying you're wrong. I very well could be proven wrong, but even the name Taylor Heineke just screams like dude that works at an auto zone, getting you like shitty auto parts, you know? Yeah, no, I, I could definitely see it. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just think the 49ers, this is one that they can't sleep on. It's got like all the makings of the trap game um, coming off of a big win in Seattle for the first time since 2019. You wrapped up the division coming home on Christmas Eve. Uh, next week you go, what is it, on the road to Vegas. This is one I'm hoping they're not overlooking because if so, Washington can be a capable, formidable opponent. I'm not saying they will be. Speaking of a tough game, man, like not to look too far ahead, but New Year's Eve in Las Vegas, like, boof. Like that's going to be a tough one, man. That's going to be hard to concentrate. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, So I just hope they're able to keep, stay focused on this game, on the task at hand. Um, a seven-point favorite is a lot. I don't know if they'll cover that. We'll go into that when we wrap up and do our final our uh, final picks. Um, do you think Brock Purdy continues his, I don't want to say average, but Jimmy-esque days? You know what I mean? Like the 17 for 26, under 200 yards, two touchdowns, no turnover type day. Do you think that that's what we'll see for the rest of the season out of him? I would like to. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion he's due for a turnover, though. Um, it's just me. Whenever a quarterback goes too long without turning the ball over, it's almost like my, you know, my spider goes off, and I'm like, I think it's coming. I think it's coming. So, you know, I, I as long as he's, you know, as long as he is not completely a, a, a train wreck we'll deal with the ups and downs, all right? We can't come out here and expect him to be a top 10 quarterback every week. We can't expect him to come out, you know, first two starts over 115 quarterback rating and two touchdowns in each game with with no picks. Like, we're not going to be able to expect that. That's just, you know, it, it's nice, right? But at the same time, something is, is going to have to give. At some point, he's going to make a bad read, a bad play. We've seen it um, in, in the Tampa Bay game. He had an interception that he threw that was called back. Um, there was another one this week. So it's just kind of like he's been getting a little bit lucky with some of the calls. Now we're going to see if that actually holds up and if he can kind of improve his decision-making or as most rookies do, if he's going to make that mistake or two during the course of the game, hopefully it'll just be enough that it doesn't cost the 49ers too dearly. And we kind of shake some of the kinks out before we get to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Um, you know, like you said, he's had a couple there already. He just got lucky. They were called back, you know, penalties or whatever uh, the case were. But I agree. He's due for one, and hopefully it's just not in too big of a moment where it completely changes the game. Um, I see here, I'm looking up the, the commanders, and basically one of their wins this year has come over a team over 500. And their past three weeks, tied to the Giants by week, lost to the giants so i think you're spot on actually about they're they're about as mediocre of a team as the 49ers could face and i think that that's a pretty big positive this late into the year when you need to stack as many w's to continue to play for playoff seating or or keep the seed you already have um you couldn't ask for a better opponent in my opinion i mean obviously they they end with the raiders who could be a tough team and then the the Cardinals who are completely beat up at this point, but the commanders, as far as a team that's still alive in the playoff hunt, I think is as beatable as anybody. Um, Tavares is pretty is still unknown. This is why he is looking so great. Um, he's coming up on that four game. You know, they always say once coaches get four games of film on you, yep. it's coming up. So it is coming up and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Tim Cassidy says, do gets rocked his first play, then goes down the field. He's not going to let the mistakes get to him. Listen, Jimmy didn't let his mistakes get to him either, but he still made a lot of them. That's what you want. It's about what you do with the mistakes, right? It's one thing to not be bothered by mistakes. It's another thing to rectify the situation, learn and grow from your mistakes. 
because Purdy hasn't been in there that long, we don't know if he's going to be able to do that or how quickly he'll be able to do that. So it's admirable that he doesn't get too down. He doesn't Cam Newton and put a towel over his head when he throws an interception. But at the same time, you know, we want to see how he grows and prevents those from happening in the first place. So that that'll just be that'll just take time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm looking up. I see Jerome Boger will be the official for the Saturday game against the commanders. I don't know the oh stats on him. He's a pretty good referee. He's yeah. It wasn't like, what was it last week? Alex Kemp or whatever. Oh yeah. That the 15 penalties, 139 penalty yards. It was yeah. just gross. A ridiculous like, dude, get off amount. my TV. I'm seeing you way too much in this yeah. game. Yeah. And I know we won the game, but at the same time, it's just like, come on again. Yeah. Insane. Um, he's Alex Kemp, the referee the Niners had against Seahawks, is refereeing the Eagles and Cowboys game. So good luck to both of those teams. Jerome Boger, for the most part, is pretty sound. I don't have the stats in front of me as far as um, you know how many of which penalties he calls. But if it's not like anything like last week, I'm happy because I mean there was a play where there were three penalties on the Niners, like just just ridiculous shit. So um, hopefully nothing like that happens. Uh, Ian Sharp says, Purdy has had some luck so far. He threw the ball straight to Seattle. Defender should have been caught. Quandre Diggs just dropped that one. So he lucked out. Um, Ace Brett, Purdy does have a shoot throw every game, but he's a rookie, not a nine-year vet. And that's true. And my only comparison between the two is that, you know, Jimmy just doesn't care about his mistakes either. The thing about a rookie is he's probably, I mean, theoretically, your rookie should be making more than your nine-year vet. Obviously, we talk about Jimmy making those rookie mistakes a lot. Um, it's just, dude, he's going to make mistakes. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. yeah. Teradome says people talking about quote, when they catch up to Brock, what? I don't know if this is a reference to film. I don't know, but they're going to catch up to him. It, that's just how it is. That's just how it, you don't get to do the same exact thing that you're doing without any adjustment. That's just not how it's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just schedule wise, the 49ers played Thursday night. They get the rest, the extra few days. They stay at home, whereas the commanders played Sunday night, have to come across the country. It's Christmas Eve. All of that definitely points to the 49ers being the more favored team, uh, more rested. So hopefully that does come into play Saturday and they're able to take advantage of that because it, it does it does mean something, you know. Uh, Randy Dillon says every pass can maybe be intercepted by same logic. I don't, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Also, there I'm are sure. some that are more interceptable than others. Who are you quoting, Teradome? That's what I want to know. Quote: No, they're not. Stop lying to these people. Yeah, I don't understand that. Who are you? I don't. You're quoting who? <laughs> the more um, maybe the more rabid in the fan base that are just like. You know, I went from the Jimmy stands to right over to the Brock Purdy parade. Yeah, I think it's funny. Um, obviously, like there's any, a bit of a meme. It's like, it's like this team. Some of this fan base is like anybody but Trey Lance. And it it, I, like I just don't get it. I'm like, why? Trey Lance seems like such a nice young man. Why do people hate this kid so much? Yeah. Uh, Tavares says commanders will not be easy to beat. They'll be locked in. They're trying to make the playoffs just like we were last year. Every game matters to them. Yeah, and that's very true. I just think that they're extremely mediocre. So, I I, I don't know. I I just think that if you're a mediocre team, yeah, you want to win, but at the same time, they've still lost a bunch of games. So yeah, I mean, they just lost at home to Danny Dimes of all people. Like, right? They're not. Right. And before that, you know, before the bye week, they tied to Danny Dimes. Like. They are formidable defensively, but other than that, overall, they're not that scary of a team. Um, Teradome says he's running the Jimmy G offense the way it's supposed to be ran. They haven't caught up for five years. They won't in this season. They're different. They're different. Listen, they're different players, though. Yeah. He's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. That's just how it is. The 49ers have lucked out. Yeah, haven't counted, but technically he's already made some, just not on the books because you know penalties happen. They didn't get or they didn't catch them. Um, Jimmy wasn't as lucky because they were 
caught or there weren't penalties, you know, like he had that one pick six basically that was called back earlier in the year, but it, it, it's just, yeah, Kyle has done a really good job of keeping Purdy out of harm's way, but you can only do so much as a play caller to prevent your, your rookie quarterback from making these mistakes. So uh, Ace versus Purdy is a really young Tony Romo. I've seen this comparison a lot. I don't really know what to make of it. I don't like that comparison because unlike I'm listen, Brock Purdy has a like a decent, not special arm. Tony Romo had an arm, dude. Tony Romo could sling it. Yeah. So it, and Tony Romo was bigger. Brock Purdy's really small. I don't know what the I don't know. People are gonna do what they're gonna do. All I'm saying is don't expect Brock Purdy to keep doing exactly what he's been doing. There is gonna be some drop off. That's just the way that it is. Yeah. Yeah. Tony, I don't know why people don't remember that he had a nice arm. He did have a nice arm. Uh, maybe the mobile mobility is what they're seeing Brock Purdy and, and thinking of Tony Romo, Case Keenum. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people be upset that all the quarterbacks that Brock Purdy's compared to are Taylor Heineke's and Case Keenum's. Um, but there's, you know, there is a reason why he he felt like it, it's hard to say oh no no no, he's steve young or, you know like there's a reason why he fell to the seventh round the very right. first pick listen he could be he could be really great at running the offense which like he does a good job you know with the line of scrimmage he does a good job with the plays he knows where everybody's supposed to be um you know beyond when he came in against miami he's been really good at clock management and not getting too far behind the play clock he's done a really good job at all these things he is bumping into his physical ceiling and there's nothing you can do about that and you know i know terror dome feels real strongly about this with all the exclamation points but it's not going to change the fact that there are going to be people that catch up to him yeah. so yeah. you know Pterodome added, he's running it with poise, he's running it with confidence, he's running it with command. He goes where it is supposed to go and makes plays when needed. I would challenge you to watch the All-22 because he plays very safely and he leaves some stuff on the table. Yeah, He definitely leaves stuff on the table. And, and we're not taking anything away from him because he has played well. He's no. definitely risen to the occasion. It's like... It's so funny how people just get so upset about any amount of objective criticism of a player. It's like, I'm not even saying that he's bad. I'm just saying that it's hard to see him continuing at the level. He's the last person selected in the draft. He's got no play time at all. Nobody has any tape on him. There's going to be something that catches up to him in one way or another. You know, I can count on, you know, a multitude of occasions where he's missed a guy that was wide open and that's Okay. Every quarterback misses. It's about learning and growing. And that's all I'm saying is he has to learn and grow. And you want him to do it now rather than in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Because the same people that are that are rooting and tooting for him right now are the same people that if he lays an egg in the playoffs, are going to be like, why the hell didn't we bring back Trey Lance? Or like, why the hell didn't we try to start Jimmy? Or why the hell didn't we sign this guy or that guy? Why didn't they go to Josh Johnson? Josh Johnson could have got in there. Just it's just no logic. Everybody's just blindly just whatever the flavor of the week is, they're going to do it. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to look at what I see and I'm going to say it and I'm going to look at the tape and I don't care. Again, as I always say, it's always about the front of the jersey, not the back. I don't care if it's Brock Purdy. I don't care if it's Trey Lance. I don't care if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, whoever is playing quarterback. I'm going to look at that through an objective lens. And if you're playing good, I'm going to tell you you're playing good. If you're playing bad, I'm going to say that, too. If there are areas for improvement, we should point it out. That's just how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I um I saw that uh Jack uh gosh, I can't I'm totally forgetting his line. Hammer, Jack Hammer tweeted a play where he had Brandon IU coming open in the middle of the field for about a 15, 20 yard gain, but he, he was flushed out to his right or his left and instead dumped it off to Christian McCaffrey. And all he said was, Oh, he had, you know, Ayuk open for a big gain here and said it was a one yard pass. And he got lit up for it on Twitter, which I think is funny because these is this is the same exact thing the players do after the the games. They go and see where they miss, you know, where a five yard gain could have been a twenty yard gain, where a you know two yard loss could have been a five yard gain. Like they're just saying, hey, instead of this little bit, you could have made this big, you know, catch. So um, just because he's doing well doesn't mean that there aren't things to improve upon no one plays a perfect game no one in the history of the league has played a perfect game no no so um robert marquez's purdy was compared to tony romo coming out of college watch jt o'sullivan rookie tape and a few others say the same thing 
Yeah, that, that's. I mean, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying I personally don't see Tony Romo when I watch. I don't see it either. Rock Purdy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Teradome is very, very passionate uh, about this. He has responded, done the work, been prepared, ready for the work. Stop talking yourself out of it. He is what you thought he is. A capable backup. So far, that's what I'm seeing out of Brock Purdy. A very impressive rookie who definitely has risen to the occasion. But nothing that I've seen so far has told me again, he's the starter. Again, I hope you keep the same energy if he has struggles against the number four defense in the NFL this week. I'm just being realistic because Tampa Bay's defense, not that good. Seattle's defense, not that good. Now he's got to go against top five defense. Yeah. And we're not taking anything away from him. We're just saying, let's cool the brakes on crowning him. (laughs) You know, he's done very well for what the 49ers have asked of him. And if he can continue to do that, more power to him. But let's not get carried away here. Uh, Randy Daytona pretty reminds me of a slower right-handed Michael Vick who can't run a throw as well as far. <laughs> I mean, listen, dude, I'm a slower right-handed Michael Vick who can't run as well or throw as far. That, there's a lot of room between Michael Vick and, and everybody else. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Tim Cassie says Jimmy did that shit all the time and he's a vet and that's why they, they look to move off of him. Right. But just again, again, this comparison shit is so stupid. I'm not talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm talking about this kid. Yeah. Like, I don't care what Jimmy Garoppolo is doing. I'm telling you, this kid is a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. And he's got bailed out of two interceptions by one a flag and two, the guy just dropping the ball. Yeah. And Teradome, that, that's, I, I don't, listen, say he is answering the bell again and again and again. Y'all want him to fail. And he's just got it coupled with best weapons in the game and the best defense in 20 years. We don't want him to fail. Don't put words in our mouth. We're being objective about what he's doing. I know that it's it's apparent you can't be objective that's okay we'll do it for you but at the same time i hope you keep this energy when he has that game where he struggles because it's coming it's coming we all know it's coming you know in your heart of hearts it's coming you might deny it but it's coming so keep that same energy buddy yeah uh robert marquez and i are the only nfc team that could beat philly they're on a revenge tour from last year i still don't want to hear those two words revenge tour um after 2020 nah, after 2020 never yeah, 2020 yeah, uh, preach cable backup. You don't think he's a top thirty-two quarterback in the league so far? This is interesting. Um, maybe currently, as it stands, out of all the starters, yes, he's earned his spot. Will it keep up? I don't know. I, I can I can think of I can think of a few guys that I'd take him over for sure. Yeah, I just like meant Mac Wilson. Nah, bro. Yeah. I'll take Brock Purdy. Yeah. Um, Davis Mills. Take him, at least to development wise, I'd take him over Geno Smith probably. Yeah, um, I definitely take him over Taylor Heineke. Um, I, you know, there's a few others I, I could go on and on, but again, he's young. He's going to make mistakes. He is going to make mistakes. I don't want him to make mistakes. Let me make that clear. I don't want him to, but also I know this is real life, and he's going to make mistakes. Yeah. Um, when I say he's not a starter, I meant he's not the starter for the 49ers long term. He hasn't done enough to say you know what, Trey, we made the wrong choice. We're sorry. We're going to stick with with Brock Purdy, in my opinion. Yeah. Unless, unless Brock Purdy takes him to a Super Bowl, wins Super Bowl MVP, that's not happening. Yeah. Um, That's what I meant when I said he's not the starter for the 49ers moving forward. I agree. He's played very well, and I'm not taking anything away from I was in Levi's chanting Purdy, you know, like I root for the kid. Oh, yeah. It's a great story, and I hope it continues. Obviously, I'm a 49ers fan. I want him to take us all the way. I'm just looking at this long term saying. Yeah, exactly. Like we can have expectations and be realistic, but also be like rooting for the kid with all we got. Like I'm going to root for him and I want him to succeed. I just know what realistically is going to happen. If he does struggle, the defense will bring us through. And that's most likely true. And that's why he doesn't have to be perfect. And that's why against the commanders and maybe against the Raiders or whatever, have him have a little, if he has rough patches, no big deal, because then he can learn from that. And then he's more sharp going into the playoffs. Yep. Yep. Uh, please no revenge tour. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Baker definitely would oh, take, I take, Purdy I'd over. take Purdy over Baker for sure. That's no question. I take Purdy over Sam Darnold. Yep. Yep. 
Uh, Marquez says Purdy has four years experience with his good teams in college. He could manage them to the big show with this great and team. And that's, that's the height of my expectations is that he manages. I said it probably a week or two ago. Like all he has to do is Alex Smith this bitch to the very end. That's yeah. all he has to do. Limit mistakes. Yep. Yep. Um, it, it will be tough in the playoffs. Can he outduel, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts? Can he outduel a Kirk Cousins who I know it's been a bit of a meme, but they could still put up points when they're rolling. And if you do make it to the big dance, can Brock Purdy outduel the Patrick Mahomes, the Josh Allens, the Joe Burrows? Like that's really what counts. And if we're just comfortable with him managing, we need to see him take that extra step to realistically say, okay, crown him. You know, this dude's it. He can, you know, start on a team moving forward. The 49ers really have something in Brock Purdy more than a short-term uh, backup for when Trey Lance is injured. Um, all right. We got a little too carried away here. Let's get back to – let's wrap this show up. Any yeah. thoughts? And real quick, sorry, I'm going to pull this one up. Terradome, the commander's defense is number four in the league, and that's who that's who Brock Purdy is playing this week is the commander's defense. Their offense is trash. It's not good. Despite, I know Zach's worried about Taylor Heineke, but overall their offense is not very good. But Brock Purdy is not playing the commander's offense. He's playing their defense, and they are really good. So that's that's where the mistakes could come. Yeah. And, you know, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Miami got a pick off him, mm-hmm. by the way, if you don't remember. But I'm saying he's probably going to make a mistake, and that's okay. Randy Detona, we had three quarterbacks this year. Some teams had zero. <laughs> That's that old saying, right? If you got two quarterbacks, you have none. But I guess if you have three, then you have all all the quarterbacks. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Also, uh, Teradome says he cannot duel Mahomes, Josh Allen. Until I see it, I'm going to say he can't. Um, or it's unlikely. Because that's asking us yeah. so much out of him. It's just Yeah, I mean, the, the quarterback, that, the best quarterback he outdueled was Tua. And Tua was spraying that ball all over the field very uncharacteristically. So... I, I don't know. I need I need to see more. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean he he outdueled Brady, but like Brady has like a, a, a that team is bad. They Mike him and Mike Evans are not on the same page. Chris Godwin hasn't recovered from the ACL like he should. Uh Leonard Fournette came into camp with the weight of a defensive tackle. Like they're just it's not very good. So to me, I don't know. It's again, who what's the defense you're playing? The quarterback on the other side is one thing, but you know, Kansas City maybe not a special defense, but Mahomes is is gonna you know put up a ton of points. And with Buffalo, their defense is actually pretty good. Yeah, um, Tampa does have a good defense. They were out a, a few starters that game. Just just FYI, not to take anything away from Brock Purdy, but they were without a few starters. Um, great point. Can he go head to head with Hurts? Yeah, exactly. That's the main thing. You know, yes. He hasn't, besides, if I remember correctly, aside from a 7-3 to three deficit when he was put into the game in Miami, that first playing he's time. He's played with the lead the entire time. The entire time he's, he's yeah, been above the stage. I mean, with the start lead. of the game, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but they never, they never trailed against uh, Tampa Bay. They never trailed against Seattle. It is what it is, man. No. Um, all right, let's get into our offensive and defensive MVP. But before we do, Let's shout out our sponsor, MyBookie. Uh, shout out to MyBookie, guys. Take advantage. If you didn't win anything this weekend, you still got some time. Uh, there are some Thursday games, or there's a Thursday game, excuse me. Um, I believe it is, is it Jacksonville? Let me pull it up here before I'm talking out of my ass. Uh, week 16. That's right, Jacksonville at Jets. Will we get to see more Zach Wilson? Does Mike White come back? Does Trevor Lawrence continue his ridiculous stretch? You can make some money on it with my bookie. We all watch games. We all love games. Might as well make some money doing it. Head over to mybookie.ag and use promo code HIVE, as in H-I-V-E, when you sign up. It's below on the screen, and you will get your first deposit of $50 or more instantly matched. Take advantage of this double deposit bonus because it's not going to be here for much longer. So make some money and take advantage of the double deposit bonus while you can. Um, you can parlay picks together. If you know somebody's going to have a touchdown, take that touchdown pick 
get some extra cash. It's right before Christmas. Take advantage of it. Get some extra present money. MyBoogie.ag, like I said, promo code HIVE, $50 deposit or more. Get it instantly matched. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. All right, Matt. Defensive Broken player. Wild in the chat. Our yeah. boy Teradome is having a meltdown. Yeah. Uh, defensive we're, player again. We're unfaithful. He says, no faith. You guys oh. are unfaithful. No, we're critical thinkers. Sorry that you apparently don't have that ability, but I'm not going to be blindly faithful to, again, I'm not, my job isn't here to suck off the team. My job is to come in and just be objective about what I see. If that bothers you, then I'm sorry, but that I'm never going to stop being who I am. So, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to be realistic as a fan. We're not a fanatical show. We're not crazy. Um, there, a, there are shows out there where if you just want a pump up of the team, no matter what happens, there are shows out there. Go, you, you're more than welcome to to go and see those shows. There's a place for everybody, right? But if you come here, just know what you're gonna get. Like, I'm gonna be objective. I'm gonna tell you what I see because I've had, I've sat through this team through the lean years, through the bad years. I've watched this team be absolutely dreadful. So when they're good, I'm still going to keep a mind to, hey, like how good are they? How good could they be? Where can we improve? Because I would love to see them win championships, but I'm not just going to blindly drink the Kool-Aid of the team. The whole, uh, like I hate the faithful moniker, that whole faithful to the Bay thing. I don't, I actually don't like it. Um, I know we have other people that we've talked to. Um, I think Mike doesn't like it either. No, but it's one of those things where it's just like, no, like I'm a fan of the team, but to just be blindly faithful and like, oh, it's all roses and the 49ers are always this and always that. That's just not true. So, you know, that's how I get through the lean years because people that are overly like drinking the Kool-Aid of the team when they go four and 13 or whatever, which they will at some point in the future, that's the meltdown where we see, you know, TikTok videos of dudes breaking their TVs and shit. Like, I don't know. To me, that just doesn't fly. Yeah, I remember seeing um, a video of a Dolphins podcaster after the Dolphins game, and the dude was losing it. The dude was crying, screaming, like, we're pretty level-headed win or lose. Um, Outside of maybe a Super Bowl loss, I might shed a tear or two on the drive home, but that's another story. That's another story. All right, let's get into this game. Defensive MVP. Nick Bosa finally got his three sacks and a forced fumble. I'm not sure if you're still picking that one, but who do you got? No. So I think that, listen, we haven't, I'm going to go with a name we have not heard for a while. Um, I'm going to go with Aziz Alshire. I think he needs to have seven tackles and I think he's going to have a pick six. So um, I just think that, you know, Dre Greenlaw has been getting a ton of, a ton of run rightfully. So he's been playing out of his mind. Um, Fred Warner obviously is the captain of the linebacking core. I think that Aziz Alshire has been a little bit quiet and he's due to pop. So seven or eight tackles and the pick six. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, Alshire is one of my favorites for sure. Um, my defensive MVP, I'm going to go with Charvarius Ward. The dude easily had his best game of the year last week against Seattle was going at it with DK for most of the night before he went out with um Concussion-like symptoms, even though he passed the concussion test, Kyle still kept him out. I'm going to go Traverse Ward. I don't know if he has a pick six, but I think he has a pick for sure, and he makes Terry McLaurin's day hell. Offensive MVP, who do you got? Um, You know, I'm going to go with a guy who has also been quiet for the last couple of weeks, and that's going to be Brandon Ayuk. I think that he hasn't gotten the run that he's you know needed um, and a lot of that goes to, you know, a little bit of the offense changing a little bit more focus on him because Debo Samuel's out um, a little bit of Brock Purdy relying on some of those dump off weapons like Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle over the middle. But I think that, you know, against this team, Ayuk's going to get loose. Um, I think he has three catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I was expecting that out of him last week, um, but Purdy went to Kittle a little more. Um, and that's who I'm going to stick with historically. December, for some reason, brings George Kittle alive. I remember last year he had that historic run in December where it was at Seattle. He had like 181 yards. And then following that, he had that game in uh, Cincinnati. It was like 100 and 
130, 140 yards, whatever, going into overtime. I'm going to say George Kittle, five receptions, 125 yards, and a touchdown. Um, but I agree. A lot of people are saying, yeah, a lot of people are saying uh, Christian McCaffrey could very well be the offensive MVP. He could be. Uh, Ooh, I, I like this one from great from oh. great one. Robbie Gould, offensive player of the game, 16 to 10 Niners. I like it. Listen, Robbie had his Robbie moment last week where he just shanked a 43 yarder for no reason. Um, it's just, I don't, I've never seen a player look like they don't give a shit as much as, as Robbie Gould. He just, he's so casual out there. It's crazy. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's very well possible. We see yeah. a lot of field goals this game. Also, Robert Marquez is Janoris Jenkins playing this week. He played last week and came in for Ward when he went out with a concussion. I'd imagine he'll be active. Um, I think he's going to be. Yeah, I think he's going to be active mainly because uh, of the Dante Johnson injury. Like we got to have somebody there. And, you know, he didn't look terrible. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Janoris Jenkins is a former like big time starter. So if they can get something out of him, that that'd be nice. Yeah. Agreed. Um, especially with Samuel Womack still dealing with that concussion. He's likely going to be active. I guess it's just a matter of what we see from him. If we see him, uh, CMC will be MVP of the game. C- CMC running like a droid. <laughs> Line up Trent in the backfield at the goal line. That would be hilarious. Um, all right. Final score predictions. Also, guys, if you're watching, comment them in the chat. If you're watching after, leave a comment on the video. Tweet them at us. If you get it right, we'll send you some free merch. Who do you got, Matt? So, you know, again, this is like a potential trap week. I just think the 49ers are vastly more talented than the Washington Commanders. I think it'll be a low-scoring game, so I'm going to take the 49ers 17-7. Okay. Um, Yeah, I also think this will be somewhat low-scoring. I have like 19-10 on my on my mind i don't know why i don't remember what this score was the last time they played when they had that mud bowl it was like 10 3 or something i don't know man i th- i feel like i, I some somebody's gonna have to go back and check the tape but i feel like i was almost spot on with the seattle score you I were think I think, yeah 20 to 13 or 21 13 yeah yeah so hey if uh, you got that feeling man just just ride it yep uh we got a super chat from gray fox Hey guys, sorry if I missed it. If you already talked about it, but does Javon Kinlaw make a difference in our defensive line? I'm serious. I don't know if he's valuable. <laughs> I think so. When he's on the field, he plays well. He's he's a run stuffer. He's a wide body. He takes up a lot of room. Can free up Bosa and the other guys. I just think that it's it's too early to tell what his contribution is going to be. And because they've already won the division, I don't think that they're going to rush him back. They're opening his window. They want to see what he's going to be able to do. But I don't think he plays this week. If I'm being honest to myself, I don't think that he would play probably until Arizona just to round him into shape for the playoff game. Yeah. That, that's just the way that I feel about it, but I could be wrong. Um, the Kalia Davis thing is actually more interesting to me because he's a guy that they can throw out there and try to get some reps to if he's ready to go. So that w- that's the one that I think is, is potentially um, more impactful right off the bat in terms of getting snaps and being out there to play. Yeah, I, I don't think it's any coincidence that the the 21-day, three-week um, timeline just happens to start when there's three games left in the year. They're probably just trying to get him activated right before the year going into the playoffs. And they're probably saying if we made it this far without him, we could probably just get the last three games wrapped up and then get him back for the playoffs. Get him rolling in. That way he's not starting off cold. But he does 100% make a difference once he's in there. Javon Kinlaw is not only a huge person physically, but his performance, especially matched, paired with Eric Armstead, I should say, is is really, really important for the 49ers, especially the run game. So if they can get him back at even 50% of the time from what he was, that's a huge addition to this defense. The the talent's never been in question. It's can he stay healthy, and he hasn't so far. And I really worry about the ability of that knee to hold up. So that's the most unfortunate part is the fact that uh, you know, that, that he, you can see it pop on tape. You can see him, you know, maybe not a sack guy necessarily, but you see him taking up two dudes, right? Just because he's such a big guy, such a strong guy. And again, that frees up other people. The talent is there. It's just so unfortunate that he's had to deal with so many injuries, particularly to that knee. Yeah. Yep. 
All right, guys. Uh, Great Fox, thank you very much for your super chat. We really appreciate it. Uh, with that said, I think that's going to be a show for the night. I'm still dealing with COVID, so we're going to wrap up. Is there anything else you wanted to add in there, Matt? No, I, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, the 49ers are playing all Saturday games from here on out. Um, hmm. it's, that's just how the season's going to go. I wonder how that's going to translate to the playoffs. I'd like to see them get to the number two seed. I think that's a better draw. But if they can't do that, you know, it is what it is. Um, They're going to go into the playoffs as the number three. There's no possible way that they're going to be able to get caught by Tampa Bay or whoever comes out of the atrocious NFC South. Um, I I just want to see them keep the momentum going. So if they can do that, even if they, for heaven forbid, they drop the game or whatever, if they they can pull some positives out of it and just continue the momentum, limit the mistakes, um, and kind of keep the foot on the gas a little bit, um, I'm not saying, you know, give the Christian McCaffrey the ball 26 times, you know, like they did last week, but, you know, keep the guys going. You don't want to go into the playoffs. One of the worst things in the playoffs that we've seen before is players who, you know, maybe you took the last week of the season off and then you have a buy and that's always when the number ones get caught, right? Like they come out, they're super flat, they're rusty. They haven't played. I'd like to see them, you know, keep it going. Yeah. I didn't even realize that, but yes, yeah, Saturday games the rest of the way. Um, thank you everybody for tuning in. We appreciate you spending your uh, Tuesday evening with us. Hope you have a great rest of your week and we will see you Saturday after the 49ers and commanders. Game. Want to take Absolutely. Thank you always. Uh, thank you as always guys for joining us. We love having you here. We may not always disagree, but it's all love. You know, um, we handle things differently than you do, but that's okay. We share with everybody here. You're always welcome as long as you keep it respectful. With that being said, let's get a little disrespectful with the Commanders this Saturday and come out with another 49ers victory. With that being said, until next time, go Niners. Go Niners.